everyone, it's the Hot Brown Morning Potion Podcast back with your host Tamika and Haley, and we are here with Mikal, a writer on The Dragon Prince. Hi, Mikal. Hi, how are you guys? We're okay. I'm, we're saying your name correctly, right? Yeah, uh, well, close. Uh, <laughs> it's it's Mikal. Okay, mm. Mikal. Uh, I will try to pronounce it as best I can. I'm trying, M- Mikal? Yes, that was a, that that was oh. actually very good. Yeah. Okay, we'll try to make sure we're pronouncing it correctly then. But, it's it's um... okay. I've I've heard every possible <laughs> variant and uh, have learned to answer to most of them. So <laughs> completely fair. But we'll still do our best to get the pronunciation um, correct. But thank you for joining us. We really really appreciate it. Yeah. No. Thank you for having me on. This is this is great. So um, our interview this time is a little bit different from our other ones. Normally we have like character interviews. Or, you know, we have interviewed other people from the staff, but we, you know, today we wanted to do something that kind of like is, I don't say it's a hot topic, but it's probably pretty core to the show. And that's theme. A core to most stories, really, actually, is theme. And so I think that the Dragon Prince is really prime for a discussion about that, about um, about theme. Uh, I imagine, and I will, we'll find out a little bit more how um, thematic of a show it is and kind of what goes into that so kind of our first to dive right into it um our first question would be you know well, first we want to ask about your background first right yeah <laughs> before exactly. we dive into the theme yeah that's actually the first question is but, yeah right but i want to i was really curious about your background and how you got into writing um how oh how i got into writing is like a long story i mean like i, I i've kind of always been a writer um, it, it was a very obvious thing for me when I, I had like, I think I was in eighth grade and I scored like post high school on my, you know, English and math was still like, well, if we're generous, we could say she's at a third grade level. So it was pretty obvious where my skill set was. Um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, yeah, I've kind of just always been, you know, I have gravitated toward that, that, um, that skill, that, you know, area, um, was always a big reader. And, um, I, you know, I, I found TV writing and screenwriting in college and that became something that, you know, I, I was really interested in. Uh, I wasn't able to make it a career for, um, a really long time, like 10 years, but, um, was finally able to, yeah, I was, I was lucky enough to be asked to join the Dragon Prince. And, uh, that was, that was kind of a dream come true. That's that is awesome. It comes it, that segues perfectly into, you know, our next question. But so was Dragon Prince like your first big writing gig? Dragon Prince is my first official writing gig. Yeah, oh, that is amazing. Congratulations. Yeah, thank you. It's it. it yeah, I, I the day well probably like four or five days after I got the offer, I like was walking around like I feel like I've been hit with a hammer, but in a good way. But I still a hammer. Just it was. It was, yeah, incredible. That is so, right? Yeah, like, oh, go ahead. I was gonna say that's super inspiring. Like, I think that more people need to hear it's like, no, it took like 10 years to get to that point. Because even me, you know, trying to write an original fantasy novel, um, coming and for people coming from fan fiction, that is kind of difficult sometimes, actually, quite a bit. It's like it taken me like four years and severe burnout and everything else to really like get to a point where it's like, I have ideas again and I'm writing again and it's like no it's like it can be like a very so it's actually a very hard journey so it's actually really inspiring to hear that it's like no it it, it became a thing you just have to kind of keep at it 
and, you know, not, I don't say hope for the best. You just have to keep at it because that's like half the battle. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, you never want to say like, oh, it'll happen in the end because like sometimes it doesn't, but you kind of never know when you're at the end, you know, like there were many points over those 10 years where I was like, well, I guess, you know, now I've accepted this content writing job, so I'm definitely never going to be a screenwriter or whatever. And it, all of those choices kind of still looking back led to to this, you know, opportunity uh, in some way or another. And um, yeah, I think I think I, I do really like to tell people like you don't know the journey that you're on necessarily. And like as long as you try and and actively continue your journey, you do your writing or you do your you know filmmaking or art or whatever it is you're doing like that is not wasted effort okay. yeah um so you were a fan of the show correct before you yeah got I was a fan of the show I was actually uh I was a uh I wrote about the show I um was a journalist um at oh, yes. com. yeah yes. <laughs> yeah so that was that that was funny um I mean I, I I loved the show when I was covering it and that was kind of how I got to know Aaron and Justin and um but yeah yeah I was I mean the second I heard like oh Aaron Ehaz is doing a show with dragons and, uh, and an assassin and I was like okay well I'm 100% in um I actually had to split coverage with one of my great friends at the site because we were both so excited about this show <laughs> aww that's so cute. Yeah, awesome. What what website was it again? I didn't, I didn't catch uh, it. It was called hypable.com. It's actually defunct oh, hypable. now. But, oh, Hypable. Uh, really? yeah. oh, really? oh, that, that sucks. Yeah. I... Is it defunct now? I remember Hypable. Yeah, uh, it is. It it, uh, it was, it shut down, I think, early 2021. Man, where have I been? Something like that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that makes, I thought you said google.com for a second. I was like, wow, you wrote for oh, Google? Oh, yeah, no, I write for Google. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was like, wow, you wrote for Google? um honestly that's that's really interesting here's great to hear actually and yeah sometimes honestly it's just about doing what you love it's about just like it's like listen like even you know i always say this i've actually said it before i'm i've said it to aaron and justin it's like listen i got a job from the stuff i did for, for the jaggermans like i you know i did a for one thing i did the raylam zane which you know it's over here it's like it's it's 400 pages it's not a zane it took like a year off my life um <laughs> and uh and i did like a motion an animation that like uh that literally was just my life for two weeks and those two things got me basically um got me multiple jobs but you know got me my job essentially and so it's like yeah sometimes actually doing like people don't realize like yeah doing what you love doing just doing things that you actually like with passion though there can though you gotta gotta temper that a little bit but with passion is more valuable than just putting i would say just putting stuff out like like do what you like yeah yeah D don't think that just because it's a passion project it's not worthwhile yeah. um yeah fandom is more accepted nowadays i think than people realize it's like it's it's like no everybody's kind of like into something you know so i don't think it's like a it's like a taboo thing to do anymore that like kind of like used to and um, on that note, um, so where does theme, theme being, and I guess we're defining theme for the audience in general. How do we want to define that? I think theme is like, you know, I don't want to say it's more than the messaging. It's like, um, maybe you can even help how to define theme in terms of what we theme and like, how does theme fit into the Dragon Prince? Yeah. 
Um, I mean, I think for me, it, it is hard to define like such a, mm-hmm. such a big thing, but I think it's kind of the driving values of a, of a story. Mm-hmm. Um, and those don't have to be like positive values. They can be, you know, like cyclical violence is a, is a theme on our show and it's, you know, we're not like, oh, yay, cyclical violence. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Great choice on everyone, you know, from everyone involved. Um, yeah. But I think, I think it's those, those over, overarching ideas and and things that are of value to the story yeah that makes sense honestly actually i i was reminded that i always thought like um a friend of mine um who has lost sleep over the dragon but it's how much they love it uh, like you think i'm joking it's like i am not <laughs> it's, um and Haley knows exactly who i'm talking about and they they know who i'm talking about um but um I described it to them as like, oh, I think I get it out. It's like, it's like there's a big ball and you have your characters and you just like chuck them at it and see what happens in a way, you know, how they react to it, which is a really, really simplistic way of doing it, but it's like saying it, but it's like a, it's like, like if your theme is like love, a very simplistic theme is like how different characters react to love and how they interact with each other is kind of like one part of theme. Um mm-hmm. And how does theme then fit into the Dragon Prince? Like how important is it to it? And like, what is, where is that in the, in the writing process? Um, I mean, I, you know, this was one of the first things I noticed before I, I wrote for the show. Like, I think the review I wrote, like, was like, there are themes in this show. Like this is, you know, this show <laughs> has stuff on its mind. It, it has ideas. Um, and yeah, I, I mean, I think that that's like, that's kind of the, um I mean not not to say that like more casual stories you know can't have themes because they they certainly do um but I think something that that draws people in is like the show kind of making you ask questions and that's because the writers are asking questions right like we are like something that'll uh you know more than once in in the writer's room we've been discussing sort of a storyline or or whatever and I'll be like or somebody in the room will be like, oh, okay, so what we're actually trying to debate here is X, Y, Z. Like, mm-hmm. usually something connected to the real world, like a real problem and values. Yeah. Um, and, like, that, you know, that is, I, I, I mean, I guess that that is a theme, right? right? That That's, like, one of the, bleh, sorry, I'm, like, in word soup right now, but, like. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> Um, no, I mean, I, I just think that like when, when you are considering those, those bigger ideas, um, it's part of, you know, like it, like I, 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 the way I think of it is that you can go in with intentional theme that you Mm -hmm. want to make a story about. Um, and then I think you can also go in like with stuff that, you know, jumps out at you, you know, you, you find yourself in a place in the story that you know either demands a certain theme or you realize would be helped by a certain theme um you know like what when you ask questions of a story the story can ask questions of you this is very true that's a really good way of putting that actually and i've never heard it put that way but i like that and i don't know if that made any sense no that's actually a really good (laughs) that's a raw statement right there um and i hope somebody wrote it down actually and it's not on the list but i did this but almost to clarify it's like so you know the dragon prince is asking questions and it's like can you tell us 
what some of those questions are. What is the things they want the audience to think about or to see, you know, in terms of like, like, like excuse me, cyclical violence is one of those things. Like, what are the questions and statements and themes that, you know, the Dragon Prince is honestly trying to get the audience to really like um, see and think about, especially when you have a story that is about cyclical violence between two different sides particularly nations which is a whole can of worms yeah I mean I think that I mean I can only speak for myself like yeah. as far as what I see in in this show what I what I take from it and to it mm-hmm. um but I definitely think that like those ideas of kind of how pain manifests in mm. you know in in people's lives and in people's experiences like all of our characters have suffered in some way yeah um and you know they they respond in different ways and some of that is because of generational cyclical violence some of that is because of you know like you know Rayla's parents going off and leaving her some of it is well I mean that's the funny thing is these things work together so I was just like oh and Callum lost his mother and that's not connected oh no wait it is um but uh yeah I mean I, I think that I think that seeing how these characters deal with pain um you know kind of opens you up to exploring other parts of them too so like I think that ties very closely in with love I think Mm. pain and love and loss are very um intertwined on our show and that's something I, I you know I really appreciate that we don't ever kind of I think leave one of those things alone like they're they're always like the the short story that came out last week with Zim and Zubeya I felt like was a very kind of good example of that um and that was written by Chris um and she did mm-hmm. just an incredible job of kind of balancing you know like Zim's exuberance and Zubeya's like intense grief and kind of the way that both of those tie into their love both of each other and also of Avizandum, who they love in different ways and yeah that's that's kind of how how i see it yeah that made me cry a little bit actually and, <laughs> that's and such a good story oh my god yeah and 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 it's you you hit on a good point where it's almost defined as like multiple conditions can exist at the same time like yeah. it's like like they're hurting each other unintentionally a lot of times like look god just look at Vera and claudia and soren like just that little well, they're fine nucleus they're fine. that little nucleus <laughs> they're fine this is fine <laughs> okay go ahead next question okay cool um yeah so uh diving into the characters so for you what do each of our main trio represent in the grand scheme of the story Ooh. Ooh. Oh, okay. Um, I think Ezrin definitely represents possibility. Um, Like, even with our time skip, I think he is still kind of the least formed of of the leads. Um, Obviously, he's the youngest, but I think that his attitude is very kind of open to being shaped and kind of determinedly optimistic. Um, let's see. I think, I mean, Rayla, it's hard to separate Rayla from like the idea of like mercy um, because that was so clearly where her story started. 
and I think kind of the, the possibilities of mercy, you know, that, that's similar to Ezrin, but like the, like when you can make something happen that is kind of unexpected, you know, and, and an unexpected act of mercy and kind of the possibilities that that creates. Um, and I guess Callum, um, he's almost like somewhere in between them. Like he's sort of trying to figure out where everything is. Like he, he's, he is sort of the, the neutral middle perspective between like this intense possibility of mercy and also i mean i guess violence which is another thing that rayla can represent um and ezrin's just kind of boundless opportunity and optimism interesting would you say that kind of like because i'm thinking a lot of the bird imagery it's like would you say that there's kind of like a like a justice and freedom that sounds so american but kind of like a, <laughs> <laughs> that's not how intended to be he's actually sam eagle uh that was the main inspiration <laughs> exactly but you say that there's kind of like um almost like a, either a freedom from death i'm just thinking about how like Erebus is a very you know star's destiny and how you know callum is very um destiny is a book you write yourself sort of person and then you have the wings and everything so there's almost like freedom and then there's like a you know, again, everything is connected kind of with Harold, with justice. And do you think there's some of that going on there at all, at least with Callum? I I do, yeah. And I, I think that, you know, there's something in having, sorry, my English major side's gonna is going to come out right now, but like no, there's something in, in having like a bird's eye view of everything that is kind of like both good and bad, you know, like if you if you can see all the positive possibilities that also means that you can see all the negative possibilities and there's a freedom in that too you know um i think freedom is kind of like a a neutral value in in this form um but yeah no i definitely i definitely think that callum has kind of like an air i mean he connects to the sky arcanum you know he, he <laughs> <The figures. air. laughs> yeah um but yeah that's that's so interesting to think about, especially when you consider how Erebus is, is probably, he has like a, like a space eye view of like the entire world being like, as we, world as we know it, 5,000, like 5,000 years old or something like that. And then you have kind of, who's literally kind of has a bird eye view, and but also maybe metaphorically too. So that is interesting. I think, oh, next question. Um, my next question would be um so on the opposite end how do you go about writing or i guess maybe may, may or may not be you specifically but how do you guys go about writing the mage fam thematically in the series because they are a they are a hot mess <laughs> they are a hot they're, mess they're fine they're fine <laughs> <laughs> um well i mean you know it's interesting because like i i joined the show um when we were writing um a little bit later um so the mage fam had had already like you know soren was was kind of on team catalis at that point um so i think that that definitely lends it like a different dynamic like i, I never wrote like jerk soren um <laughs> or or collaborated on jerk soren which i'm kind of happy about because i i love his true himbo beautiful incarnation that's the only way to describe him himbo that's it. <laughs> so, so. yeah yeah it's perfect like the word is kind of like invented for him let's be real um, yes. um, but I mean, I think Aaron has said this a lot, but like, 
at least with Claudia, like everything she does is motivated by love. And like, I don't know that that's a satisfying answer, answer to some people, but the first time he told it to me, I was like, oh, I get her now because like, I mean, I always liked her because I was like, I mean, she has purple hair and she paints her nails and she dresses all in black and spoiler, so do I. And like, she likes dogs. Like, I, I was very into Claudia, um, period. But when when he said that, it kind of really clicked everything for me because it if if you hold your family as your highest value, then yeah, what are you not going to do? You know, like, of course you're going to- This is true. Yes, you will even accept watching your father like, talk to a a bug pal you know that is mysteriously growing larger and larger by (laughs) and like you know and and yeah you're gonna you're gonna go through all that you're gonna do anything to bring him back to life you're like all those other values become like you know respect for other people respect for creatures whatever they become lesser automatically um and it's very very easy to justify for yourself um I, I relate to I relate to Claudia, which is why I, I'm, I'm if anything I'm a little harder on her because it's like no I relate to that it's like no it's like when you come from a very family or you will do like well, not that I've you know done the thing she's done I have not squeezed the life out of anything but <laughs> you know it's not on my my list but yeah you'll do you'll 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 sit through a lot of stuff to make sure that everybody's okay yeah and I think it's also worth saying that like her and Viren. Um, Soren has kind of broken out of this but like I think they like they are polar their poles are pointed toward each other like they are a very insular group like they they're called the mage fam for a reason like even back you know when however much you know tension there was between Soren and Viren like they were a unit Um, and I think that Claudia and Viren both value that unit extremely highly like above above pretty much anything um and yeah again like when you when you are that focused on preserving something like that whether or not it should exist or exist in the the variant that it does at that moment yeah you're gonna you're gonna do a lot of stuff but i think it it's more than just like be like i think being like oh they're they're villains but they're doing it for a good reason like I, i you know i think that you I think it's relatable like I just genuinely do I think you understand like even if if you disagree and it's by any measure very easy to disagree with their conclusions um I think you can you can go like you know I see how someone would react like this in this situation definitely thank you yeah that was I love hearing about all that they're some of my favorite characters so yeah, oh no, they're the best. <laughs> I did have actually have a, a question about Soren specifically because um, <laughs> we actually, you know, we he is very much how do I? There's a, I feel like season four is very subtle for one thing, especially with Ezra and Soren. I kind of think I don't want to say the parallel, but there's some, you know, there is they have something a similar kind of vibe in terms of like they are they are dealing with things very differently from other people. Like when you're a very happy go lucky kind of person, it's almost sometimes, and I I know people like this it's hard people don't see your pain that you're actually going through would you say that they're kind of like they're just like them being for one thing Ezrin being a child king which is in and of itself like a burden in and of itself um would you say that like especially with Soren like you know they are dealing with something in a very different way from everybody else where it's like it's almost um 
uh, what's the word almost an aversion to the trauma by and if it makes sense like completely avoiding the trauma but that's kind of the the trauma coping mechanism is just like especially with Soren's thing where he's all like um I'm glad I'm on the good guy side and it's very emphasized like would you say kind of like they're you know and then Ezrin with his whole like you know I'm just trying to um you know what where he's trying to make everything very welcoming so they're kind of like they're coping in very different ways from other people yeah I definitely think that both of them and I I do like that parallel kind of between them because obviously like Ezrin's a lot smarter than Soren <laughs> um, on a on an emotional and, a, and an intellectual level. <laughs> um, but like, I think that they are both kind of responding. They they prefer to have other people focus on the external obvious pressures that they are responding to. So for Ezrin, it's kingship and mm-hmm. peace and all that. And for Soren, it's you know being a member of the crown guard and protecting Ezrin and kind of, you know, like maybe low key being Viren's son and kind of making up for that. But like, that's, I think, less than the external, you know, obvious pressures. But inside, you know, the the thing that is hanging over like the, the big dragon convention meeting, great, <laughs> you know, fun times that, you know, Ezrin tries in season in season four is like, there is a lot of death and a lot of naming and a lot of pain on both sides. Um, and like, it's, it's way easier to be optimistic and to not confront that, um, which is, you know, and, and Soren, I think emotionally is definitely in a similar place because, you know, he, he also has stuff to confront it's easier to not deal with the fact that how do i say this your dad was not a terribly good father to you and then probably blaming you for like whatever happened with your mom and like you know and everything and then your sister i got this and then your sister (laughs) ran or you ran away from your sister and then you confront her and then she tricks you into stabbing your father but then he's not actually dead but then he actually died and you it's just stuff. like like you just don't it's like how do you deal with that and it's like i don't th- i think you just don't you just don't deal with that you just don't let's just not deal with that yeah yeah no i mean luckily for us because like in <laughs> you know contemporarily based shows it's always like why don't they just speak to a therapist um like i remember agents of shield tried to do that for a while and like it sort of worked and sort of didn't um and then the therapist turned into the monster whatever it was a whole thing um but yeah <laughs> um also the husband of one of the characters whole whole big drama deal um but you know we, we don't have to worry about characters <laughs> um meeting therapists uh they don't exist in zadia at least as far as i know um so we, oh, can no. kind of, we can kind of be their therapists in that case you know we can we can use the environment and the world and the, and the events to um, challenge them not necessarily make them healthier but certainly to make them more interesting i think somebody needs to invent therapists for these kids <laughs> <laughs> hey, you're, you got maybe that's lujane that's uh <laughs> that's what she's doing true so do you have a favorite character to write for or a character and or a character you deeply relate to um it's interesting i really i still love claudia a whole lot um 
but she I was expecting to kind of have her be my favorite character to write in her voice and like it kind of wasn't she kind of wasn't um like Soren is amazingly fun to write like whether you know whether that's I'm actually writing the script or whether it's you know me in the room just like pitching ideas and and listening to everyone else's like incredible stuff like he just makes things a lot of fun and because he has all that stuff under the surface you can always kind of you can punctuate the fun with like little needles of pain and like that's that's extremely enjoyable um yeah I mean Ezrin is interesting there are definitely points where Ezrin is really interesting to write because he he does have so much going on I guess I'm just doing this the answer you guys gave me before with Ezrin Soren but they he does have a lot that is you know at work there's a lot of factors going on when he is delivering lines and making decisions um i mean i also love gren (laughs) gren is just great like a plus just fantastic character gren i i yeah you don't you don't get to write him a whole a whole lot, but when when you do, he's he's excellent. He's just like a golden retriever. Yeah, if a, if a he's golden like a retriever with strawberry. Person. He's just like smiling all the time, and I love him so much. Yeah. Also, Kazi. Shout, shout out to Kazi. I don't even I don't even know if I've actually written anything for Kazi, but they are fantastic. Just one of my favorites. A bookie person. Well, a bookie person. A book elf. <laughs> yeah, yeah, total nerd. Book elf on the shelf <laughs> knows all the stuff. They're like, okay, yes, of course, I speak Catalan sign language. Duh, you know. I was like, who does it? I was like, yeah, me. <laughs> the glasses, perfection, perfection. I'm excited for Ozzy next season because we know from some hints, you know. Yes, yeah, so there was a screenshot, right? Yeah, yeah. It, yeah. They, they are pretty fun. Yeah, books. And- I am interested to see what kind of like book stuff um they will get into uh the next question is kind of big but i think it's important to ask this question so magic is always a hot topic in the dragon prince what role does primal magic and dark magic play in the show's theme and messaging dark magic in particular is a hot a complex topic among fans something we're always talking about it's something that always eventually becomes because it's such a big part of the show it's like kind of like you know what are you guys wanting to take away from and obviously everybody has like their own interpretation but what are you guys kind of hoping or intending to be the takeaway or kind of like you know especially the nature of dark magic which is always up in the air and it, it is probably part of the mystery of Erebos depending on you know your theory so it's like if that that's a big question but like what are we where are we at um, I mean, again, speaking only for myself, I think yeah. that there is a lot of, there's there's a really interesting interplay there between necessity and ease mm-hmm. and necessity and challenges. Because I think Aaron has described dark magic as like the quick way to get what you want. Um, it's, you know, kind of very much like Yoda, you know, like the 
easy the path to the dark side is or something like that you know i'm sure you said something <laughs> like that in there somewhere yeah. um but like you know the the idea that the path to negative power is just much easier to achieve um it's a faster road and you get strong quickly um you know and and I think it's important to keep in mind that the reason why that is attractive to a lot of people is not because wahahaha evil I get to kill butterflies is because I need this magic or I think I need this magic and I don't feel that I have any other choice um Mm -hmm. and I think what's beautiful about primal magic um and actually what creates a really interesting contrast between Callum using primal magic and kind of everyone else because it's easy for them um is the fact that it takes that much more effort and it is you know like learning a skill that is not inherent to you you know like we we all have those things that like like when I'm working out and, and someone's like, oh, do a squat. I'm like, <laughs> I can squat all day. That's not a problem. Um, but, you know, somebody's like, okay, uh, do a push up or do something, you know, backwards or whatever. And I'm like, okay, that's not happening. My arms don't do that. You know, <laughs> um, <laughs> like, I'm sorry. I don't know why you think human beings are capable of this. Um, but I do think that, um, you know, but, but when, you know, if you get an extra push up, you know, you're at, you're at five and then you manage to do six for, you know, the first time, that's kind of uh, it feels a lot better than, you know, getting that, you know, 17 squat when you know, like, oh, I've done 15 before, you know, or, you know, I've done 20. Um, that was a long and extended and roundabout metaphor. However, I think that it was, very apt. <laughs> it was very apt, in fact, and actually, and almost to clarify, it's like if you you describe dark magic in particular, it's like it's like how do I say this? It's almost like it's like you can hold. It's not as simple because I think sometimes it, it gets very boiled down from an, to an understanding of where the show is asking you many questions. Not to say other shows are not asking you a lot of questions, but the Dragon Prince, you might agree, is asking a lot of pretty deep questions of their intended younger audience of like you know moral questions about you know moral challenging and it's like it's not as simple as primal good dark bad but it's also not as simple as oh then that means dark magic is actually like um completely like okay and completely good it's more like it feels at least to me as a fan it feels like dark magic is very useful it's almost like oil dark magic is very useful when it's needed but that is kind of the problem is that you know it's on. It's like situations have been created that have led to, um, how do I say, less than ideal situations have led to, like, when you use power, like, it's like, and for one thing, dark magic is compared to hunting a lot in me, but it's like, is it really like that, though, when it's like, when it's like, meat is one thing, but magic is power, and power Mm -hmm. is an entirely different thing than, like, a stake, you know right <laughs> stake and power are like two very different things if that makes any sense if that you know the whole I guess my stake and power analogy like power <laughs> yeah I mean one of the scenes that I think is kind of most instructive to me and I, I think about this scene a lot is when I think it's season three when they are at Thunderfall and there's this like horrible moment where it, I think Rayla's like how 
Raylo or Callum, I can't remember, is like, how am I supposed to feel about this? You know, like this, this, whichever one of them it is. I think about it a lot. However, I can't remember who says what in the scene. Um, anyway, but the, the, the takeaway is that, you know, the other person says, I don't know. Like, I don't, I don't know how you're supposed to feel about this. Like, I don't know how you reconcile, you know, the incredible losses that you have suffered versus the incredible losses I have suffered. And, you know, the, the situations that created that loss and that pain. Um, and so I don't really think that like, and I, I don't blame anybody for wanting a simple answer because like, I would love a simple answer to a lot of these things, but I don't think that we're going into these themes and these questions with the idea that there is necessarily like an, a, a question, an answer that will get you a hundred on the test, you know, like there can be righter answers and wronger answers, but I don't think, you know, you're, you're never going to ace this one. It's too complicated and real and crunchy and uncomfortable. Yeah. I think that's a really good way of putting it is like, is like, that is actually life it was like you, as you get older, life gets more complicated and it's like you've heard it that thousand times but it's like no life actually gets more complicated you actually like and it's like being a human being with feelings is actually really difficult and most people are not very good at regulating it so it's like how do you like how do I not feel about this thing that I did like how do you feel about you know how, like for me you know how do I feel about not giving to some somebody maybe a homeless person on the street I want to I really really want to but when it's six o'clock in the morning, it's pitch black. And this, you know, not to be too dark, but um, a man I don't know is crossing the street and we're the only two people on the street. How am I supposed to, you know, feel about that as a young woman? And it's like situations like that where it's like, I have to prioritize my safety too. But, you know, the the easy answer is like, well, you should, you should give. It's like, I try, I do what I can, but not at six o'clock in the morning when it's two people on the street and one of us is very small and the other one is very big you know yeah a lot of situations in life don't have you know a manual or a an easy yes or no answer and I think that that's worth that's valuable of itself and something that is worth sitting with listen sometimes I just want to be a cat or like a piece of toast yeah, right? you know yeah cats, <laughs> cats have great lives for the most part when they're in the I'm house I'm not about toast but yeah. Cats, yeah. <laughs> Great. Okay, on to the next question. Um, if there's anything you can think of, can you tell me about any light or dark and light and dark symbolism that might be in the show's writing? Um I mean a lot of that is animation based. Um and it's actually interesting because a lot of like like we uh, the, the writing staff gets a lot of the designs and we we do get to like comment on it but like most of that stuff then goes off to the animators and like what we're dealing with is you know primary and secondary animation which is a lot of people looking like they're in like uh, patterned costumes and sometimes their faces are patterned and their hair is all different colors and like you know so like what like when I was writing the Claudia story like I had to actually look up what the homunculus actually looks like because I was like I'm just used to him looking like this kind of grayish blobby guy you know and I, at one point I was like oh his face is gray and, and I looked at the picture I was like he is purple 
that is purple <laughs> that is not gray um that's hilarious yeah um but so yeah definitely a lot of that will be kind of in, in included visually um by like the incredible like artists and designers and and stuff like that um on more of a textual level like I don't know like there's a lot of a lot of stuff you know around Luxoria I think that that plays into that idea you know kind of like the the like eternal sun like being devoured by you know corruption um in, wow. in that way that's really deep that's a really yeah problem. well yeah but I mean at the same time you know that's also complicated too because like love Janai sister was kind of nasty and like <laughs> just didn't deserve to die but also you know totally not like that but yeah yeah um i have i always forget my own policy i have to ask like one random question for interview but um <laughs> is there anything going on with this cube and Raylum in any way that you can that you can elaborate because i feel like there's this like you know um uh again friend who is like completely lost sleep sometimes and we talk about it sometimes it does feel like there's something going on with um with this cube but then also kind of with the railing the rune cube with the runes yeah. on it yes the you know the 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 game cube <laughs> so to so speak <laughs> and like um the relationship with uh Raylan Callum where especially in season four it just kind of seems I don't know this might be me overanalyzing it but um uh just curious because also I wouldn't know I don't even know what else to ask for Raylan aside from like what the relationship represents but <laughs> that's a really weird great question I don't think I can really speak to the Rune Cube and Raylum. I think that those are two kind of two fairly close. significant topics that, yeah, I would. Those are Icarus yeah. questions, so to speak. They are kind of, yeah. Yeah. I like that term, Icarus questions. <laughs> yeah. No, that's completely fair. Um, I will say what I think Raylum represents, which is yes. I think that they represent a bond that is, uh, you know, valuable in itself. You know, like I, I, I don't, I don't want to be like, oh, they're going to get together or they're not going to get together because to me, like, that's almost <laughs> secondary to them. Yeah, like, it's like not the point. Yeah. Like having an elf and a human um, and an elf who was actively involved in the attempt in the assassination of the king and the attempted assassination of his brother um, and the human who like the father, what, you guys know what happened. The human story. and the father. Yeah, exactly the dragon thing you know whatever um i i think that the fact that they are able to love each other in whatever form that takes um is is an incredibly powerful and beautiful thing and something that is um you know kind of kind of a, a force for good of itself That's an, that is an apt answer to a to a question i kind of randomly thought of <laughs> um but the next question being um where does season four in particular sit in terms of the show's thematic arc oh it's definitely like a new a new start like we called it the mystery of Erebos for a reason like it's mm -hmm. it's definitely meant to be kind of the beginning of another journey arc um you know, there's there's stuff that you need to, you know, you, you can't put a you can't put a seed in the ground and kind of expect a plant the next day, you know. <laughs> yeah, um, that's true. 
so like I, I think there's a lot of stuff in season four that we kind of viewed as seeds that we are you know aiming to bring to fruition through the rest of the arcs I think I like that as somebody who has just started like taking care of plants very, <laughs> like, it's a, I have like poinsettia plants I one is named um what I name one is named uh Venus and the other one who technically is my boss's but he is growing leaves um his name Artemis I think oh yeah and so the, he is you know Artemis is like barely you know basically dying but now he's getting leaves <laughs> meanwhile Venus is just beautiful and throwing. so yeah when you actually do plant I mean I'm not a big outdoorsy person but yeah planting seeds happens in story and you just gotta be patient I feel like there, there's not as much patience not to be weird but like it's like in today's culture of binging as much which is like I like to binge I like to binge but there's also not as the kind of trade of like there's not as much patience I think for yeah yeah I, I am I mean don't get me wrong like I you know I love a binge when yeah. it's appropriate but like I am so much more a fan of the week by week release um I think you know just any any fandom that I've that I'm involved with that mm-hmm. like has been able to you know break down an episode like just an yeah. episode you know and you don't have to think about the entire arc you don't have to whatever you can put the pieces together you can theorize which is so much fun you know I mean I so I have a dragon prince story about this like I got Sweet. screeners um for season one and I only got the first three I think that was what yeah. they gave out and then the show came out on a Friday I think and I'm Shabbat observant and I didn't have time to watch anything um or I'd, I'd watched episode four I think and then I didn't have time to watch anything else and I remember distinctly I was like oh my god I have a theory Harrow is in Viren. they did that thing with the with the souls and blah 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 and then like and I was like oh my god and that's why he's acting like that. And it's a brilliant theory. And then, like, came to the next episode and he was like, I don't care where the princes are. I hope they're dead. And then he looked at the princes. I'm like, all right, that theory is off the table. But I don't think, I mean, I wouldn't have had the opportunity to think yeah. that if I hadn't had that break, you know? Um, so I, yeah, I, I, I agree that, you know, the, it, the, a slower model of watching is also helpful for, you know, fan. Yeah. Of theories no and- it is true and not not you know not to be an old but i got i'm only 29 but, but you know, back in the day that's what you kind of had to do and you had advertisements in oh between God. those acts like i i today don't know no they don't like i have three nieces and they don't understand they was like why is there a it's like what is this it's like honey it's an advertisement i don't know what that is and just sees like they're like three and two and one but <laughs> it's like and i say this as like i've said it before in texts and things like that but it's like i don't like avatar is one of the most beloved shows of all animated shows of all time i don't think it would have been what it was if it came out today because it is a different tv culture people are writing differently like you can't have episodes like the beach or mm-hmm. even the boiling rock because it takes too long you have well, they to don't like- they don't order seasons like that no exactly you kind of you have a very you have how do i say uh, i don't know this is my assumption from like you know peripheral but you kind of have and from what i do know it's like you have like the slimmest i don't want to say the slimmest you have a cut of meat and that's what you get and you have got to make that steak work. apparently that's our metaphor of the day you have got to make that steak work it's not mm-hmm. like you know it's not what it used to be so to speak where 
people were ordering more episodes and more things. And it's like, why can't we explore this? Why can't we have filler? Which has sometimes been said about the drink. It's like, why can't we have filler? It's because you don't have filler. You don't get to have it. These people would love to tell you longer stories. This is why they have different mediums. And the Dragon Prince is wonderful where you guys get to do that with your, you know, with your comics and with your short stories and all that. But it's like for an animated show, it's like you actually don't get that as much as you used to. Yeah. No, and I, it's 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 accurate, and I I don't like. I don't mean that like people who are talking about the show or whatever have to go into all the details of how animation yeah. works and whatever. But like, yeah. you know, when people are like, "Oh, why isn't it longer?" It's like because that's the amount of money that Netflix gives <laughs> the episode, and that's how many minutes we get for that amount of money. Like that, it's it's really you know, you know, it, man, cutting cutting animatics. It was brutal. It was brutal. Yeah. And it's like, it's like really, it comes down to two things. It comes down to money. It always comes down to money. And it's like, you just got to pray a little bit. You just, you know, whatever you believe in or don't believe in, it's just a little bit of prayer, you know, involved in let us hope whatever next stage that we have to get into um, is just like, I had a mentor who worked on, um, who worked on a how do i say a, um stop motion animation mm. that that journey oh uh, <laughs> so yeah but i'm going on a tangent so even though we love our tangents um Haley, you got it okay our next question is how would you approach writing the short stories you know having written lost child and dear callum um with tremendous terror and fear in my heart. Oh no! <laughs> that sounds like a writer. The writer's answer, though, it's like yeah. I mean, that's the type of thing that like it's like. Do you want to write this? And I'm like, oh my god, yes, this is going to be amazing. And then like it's like you open the page, it's like, oh my god, okay. Um, and they're challenging for different reasons. Like, dear Callum was. Um, I mean, I want to say off the top, I had a blast writing both of them. They were, I'm so we glad tell. I did it. We can but, tell. <laughs> oh, thank you. I'm, we're, I'm we're glad you, I'm we're glad you, you read it because I, I really like those too. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much. Um, yeah, but the, those are, you know, Dear Calm's obviously like so much had like, like people knew that that existed, you know, that the, that the letter existed. And I was like, so you, I'm just like the one who's going to be saying what's in that letter. Okay, cool. I mean, obviously you know, Aaron and Devin have like uh, an outline and feedback and, and all that stuff. But like some of the wording, it was like, okay, if I write this down, then that's what Rayla said. And oh my God. And, da, 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 da. Um, and uh, the Claudia one was actually, um, I, di- I didn't have to worry about kind of um, suggesting too much with dear callum because it was it was a very simple like rayla didn't know what was coming in coming next you know and it was all from her point of view um whereas you know i do know what is coming next for claudia and um to you know kind of write that in in the right style where she uh, like yeah not 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 letting on too much but also you know it's a it's a teaser short story so hopefully you know there's some stuff in there that people can can read into for the future um and also I really you know I do honestly love Claudia a lot and I think that um I mean I I love a character with 
family trauma and pain um god same yeah so. parent child parent child relationship being the theme of the show i'm here i'm, I'm yeah got it. yeah my my first couple drafts were actually so much darker <laughs> like it's Devin and I both like we have very similar tastes a lot of the time so she'll be like I regret to inform you (laughs) but like I regret to inform you that this story has that plot and cannot just be an AO3 drabble and I'm like (laughs) but I was just gonna label it her comfort (laughs) that's kind of where where my like soul is and obviously it is a million times better of a story because it has an actual you know arc and um, the homunculus is in it and it's not just Claudia staring into a lake and thinking about herself um, and how sad she is um, <laughs> but uh, yeah no it, finding finding the balance of that tone was also like a really fun challenge um, yeah yeah Haley what did you think of you know I never asked you what did you think about that story because that was like like the mage family like their favorite her, their, her favorite um, mm-hmm. characters it's been a couple weeks I haven't reread it but I think I had fun with that one as depressing as I, I love I love the descriptions describing the creature and all that a lot so I'm interested in them thank you what's interesting for me there were two things interesting for me on that one, one um the first one being she is so focused on Aravos you know like she's like it was like the it was all and granted it, make, it makes complete sense because he was probably the only person there and we don't know when Terry came along probably the only person there for a hot minute and then he just you know again quote unquote abandons her but it's really interesting how focused where i thought it was really interesting where i forgot what she said terry jumps in in the story right after she talks about oh yeah she calls rayla and uh, rayla esrin and callum's their elf which is a you know i mean be blunt it's, it's a dehumanizing way to think of another person which is kind of the point you know she is and then terry comes in literally the next sentence like literally the next scene and i'm like that is not an accident that is completely on purpose i'm assuming it is but it's like that's completely on purpose and i'm like there is some it's very interesting to see claudia's view of elves how it's like she exceptionalizes terry because he's hers or because she likes him you know and um erevo's because he is i don't want to say her savior but he is the one person but then at the same time you know that her view on elves um, and the second part was just the fact that she had to pick up her dad's dead body, like pieces of his, her dead body. Although um, <laughs> somebody yeah, uh, was very uh, happy that that line was there and wanted to make sure it stayed. It, it came close to cutting it for a second, but yeah. uh, well, it, well uh, you know, what's funny is that uh, of you know somebody I know, a friend of mine, uh, actually made um, they they did math, like they did math. They're they're a math person. They did math and they said, you know, they they. They figured out, you know, theoretical math is like the spot, the storm spire is like, it's higher than Mount Everest based off how long he was falling, all this stuff. And it's, a, it's somewhere out there on, it's in Tumblr, but it's like, and it was really funny. And it's like, and they were like, there's no way this guy was like, not in pieces. It was that tall. Probably like, liquefied if we're being really realistic, but there's, there's no reason to be quite that realistic. I, did, yeah. I didn't want to be like, she went around with like a syringe, like slurping up. <laughs> but but it's know, like, that's on an artistic and a maybe moral level i don't need to go yeah it's like it's like no it's so i made perfect it's like no it's so i thought it was really funny where it's like she had to pick up the pieces like too light it's like yep yeah that that's about right there's no way he fell off that mountain you know and 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 was in a single like 
he was in a composed <laughs> there's no way yeah. he like you know fell dramatically and then he was in a single but I was like no this man was in pieces like there's no way he fell that high like it was in the clouds i couldn't even breathe <laughs> yeah so yeah. that and was he's fun. gonna hit things on the way down i he's mean hit things you know. on the way down. <laughs> he, this man had it so rough i mean granted like as a character i love i love fear as a person not really obviously which are two different things but as a character it's like he's like how do i say um almost i don't say he's like scar no uh, or not even like hades from disney because hades was like he was kind of justified in how he was like kind of surrounded by idiots in some ways Virid is like kind of brought some well they all brought something on themselves but my point is that like Virid is fun because a lot of the times you know he's a very complex guy and it's like you kind of brought that on yourself but i do feel bad that you like didn't make it you know in the pieces that you like it's got dark like it's got real dark yeah i I mean i just like to you know i just personally think it says a lot about claudia that like she she wouldn't not you know she wouldn't not be the person who would collect all the bits of her father's body she wouldn't say like it's better this way she wouldn't say i can't deal with this she would she would go through that experience okay last question is what influences um do you draw from while writing the dragon prince um i mean just personally like my my own you know that i I don't mean to say like i have like an aesthetic or whatever whatever you know nose in the clouds nonsense but i have you know the song of ice and fire series is very important to me um as as you know it's been it's been something that i've read multiple times i listened to a lot of discussions of it i went i went to a convention uh in ohio for it a couple weeks ago um so that you know the the intricacies of that story you know are are i think something that influenced me um and honestly like being in the writer's room is just a tremendous influence like i you know i'd never written in a collaborative way like this before and it is like actually incredible to you know be staring at a page and like okay this character needs a line here and then be like here's what i think page would say you know uh or like and it won't be as good as what page would say but it's enough to for the draft and then we can fix it you know in the room um and like or just you know like how joe and eugene would approach a certain scene or a certain character um and obviously like you know aaron's guidance devin's guidance you know Devin's incredible ability to just like maniacalize anything is just phenomenal um honestly goals uh but yeah I mean it sounds cheesy but it, it really you know tv is a really collaborative thing and like I feel really lucky that the the people who are you know who I'm 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 incredibly lucky to learn from in this situation are like are so inspiring um because you know there's definitely definitely things that i've come up with or written that i in no way would have if it were just me on my own staring at the screen um because of you know the influence and and contributions and kindness and and just whatever of of everyone in the room 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, all the writers that we've talked to have been amazing, and you all are awesome. And I'm not surprised to hear that you all get inspiration from each other. So that's awesome. Yeah, yeah. I, I yeah, not not to go on about it. It's just like you know, <laughs> we we have not been able to work in person a lot. Like it's probably the number of days you can count on one hand. But like when we get that opportunity, like the magic is like even better than it is like you know because you don't have to press unmute <laughs> on the screen all the time um and yeah it's it's honestly it's so it's so wonderful I sometimes I'm, I still feel like I was hit with that hammer and I'm like this is this is unbelievable I can't believe it oh my god well that was great and I'm really glad to hear that I honestly meet we got to meet a few of you guys at um SCCC and it was really it was really cool to meet all of you guys and, and you know um see you in person and so um it, honestly this has been really fun like I really appreciate all your answers um and I just appreciate uh you being here with us and um and if you if you get to talk to more of your writer buddies just let them know we also really appreciate them and you know um and everything you guys do for the show and so um gonna sign out here but is there anything you might want to plug like a social media or or any message you want to tell anybody uh i mean i'm on i'm on twitter probably till it dies um because <laughs> i'm addicted um uh, that's uh, my my handle is ink as rain i-n-k-a-s-r-a-i-n if you want to follow me um um yeah i would just say like I mean, probably if, if people are listening to this podcast, they're already at a level of fandom where like they're reading the stories and they're, you know, paying attention to the extra stuff we put out. But like um, the amount of work that goes into that stuff is like so much more than even I like thought when I was informed of the projects, you know? Um, and yeah, just, just try and appreciate those if, you know, enjoy them if, if you haven't had the chance yet um i think yeah i think you'd appreciate it and we will certainly very much appreciate it also watch season five when it comes out in july because that's it's coming out in july we can say that now yes it is and with that note all right this has been the hot brown hot brown morning potion podcast with michael and Haley, and we'll see you later bye bye